Hello and welcome to episode number 86 of Investing from the Beach. My, name's your, my name is Chris Hansen and I'm your host. I've got my co-host with me today and this evening, Mr. Chris Lamb. Hey guys, it's Chris Lamb here. If it's your first time to the show, welcome. A uh, quick background on the two of us. We, uh, we both reached time freedom. Um, Chris is a lot smarter than I am. He got there when he was 30. I'm a little bit older than Chris, so I got there before he did, but I got there when I was 40. Uh, we're about 18 years apart in age. We met when he was uh, maybe a sophomore, junior in college. He was an intern at IBM. I'd been working there, I don't know, 16, 17 years at some point, whatever it was by that point in time. And he had uh, talking with somebody in our office, it was a sales office, was talking with him about stock market and said, who, basically said, who could I talk to or start asking some questions. And the lady pointed over at me and he came over and we chatted a little bit. And friendship started, and it's just continued to blossom and grow ever since. So I'm very, very fortunate. Love the man to death. One of the key differences, if you're new to the show, people will talk about reaching financial freedom. And typically what you'll hear them referring to is if they're in the FIRE movement, they think that if they can get 25 times their uh, what is it, annual expenses, that means then that if they can make 4% on their money, that they then have enough to live on and they could live forever is the thinking on that. There's a huge flaw in that model. We don't need to get into it now. I think we talked about it on an earlier episode. You can go dig around that. If we didn't, send us a note and we can address that in an upcoming one. Or <clears throat> with people that are in real estate, they will talk about acquiring some number of rental properties. And whether that's uh, you know a large apartment building and be able to collect the rent off many units or if that's owning a number of smaller doors and whatever it is that they're going to own. But basically, they look to replace their income via rental income being paid for by tenants. And <clears throat> it's a very common thing that you hear people pursue. Sounds great. It sounds wonderful. What you'll find as you look into that is <clears throat> it ends up being a lot of work because what you, you may not enjoy the job today that you're doing your 9 to 5 to put bread on the table. But now imagine if it would be very cool if you had your your investments that were kicking you off some sort of passive income, money from rent. But the problem is, who's going to manage that? And people will say, well, I'll hire a property manager. Well, you still got to hire the property. You still got to manage the managers. And if you're hiring a property manager, <clears throat> then that cost that you're incurring means you've got to get that much more of a percentage elsewhere. And so while it does sound cool, what you oftentimes happen is that you change, you go from, in our case, working at IBM, we would now work at the, uh, I guess it would work for both of us, we'd go work at the Chris Real Estate Company. Mm-hmm. And what we've done is, while the, we may not be chained to the desk like we were in corporate America, now we're chained to our own desk. And it may not be stuck at a desk, but you definitely are having to work for it. And what we found, we stumbled on and just it kind of just happened was the ability to have the stock market provide money for us. And that is through a combination of, I don't know if you call it active trading. It can be if you want to. <clears throat> but, you know, small number of trades typically in a month. You can trade more if you'd like. Coupled with some dollars that you've got parked away, almost in a uh, Warren Buffett approach where you've got a couple of handfuls of stocks that you own in theory forever. Uh, we cover this if you're interested. Full disclosure on this, we do not take ads on the podcast. So rather than you hear us touting about whatever product that we may not use or believe in, <laughs> so we don't do that. <clears throat> in exchange for giving you that time back, you have to listen to our stupid jokes and probably inappropriate humor and commentary and just dumb stuff that we may talk about. <clears throat> but full disclosure, here's my, let's look at the clock. I've got, I'll start when the clock strikes there. I do teach a class on the stock market. If you're interested, go to investingfromthebeach.com. Click around on the tabs up there. You'll find some info about a class. That was an eight-second commercial, Chris. Brought to you by Profits on Wall Street. Brought to you by Profits on Wall Street. Uh Oh, we just made it a 10-second commercial. But nonetheless, full disclosure, I do teach class. If you're interested in it, awesome. If you're not interested in it, awesome. doesn't matter. My life isn't going to change if you attend or not. Yours might but there's no need for us to push it. Um, But the important thing is, though, that whether you are looking to get to freedom, if you want to do it via real estate, 
please go get it by all means. If you want to do it by selling stuff on Amazon, by all means, go do that. If you want to start uh, start writing apps for somebody's phone, go right ahead. If you want to learn it in the stock market, please go do that. Don't have to take a class that I teach. Go learn it somewhere. The world is phenomenal. You can do it to the day you die. Uh, you go walk around a retirement home, and you look at the uh, the old gentleman there. And a lot of times they sit around, and they talk stock market all day long, and that's what you can. Not necessarily living in a retirement home, but you think about that. You can do that to the day you die, and your strategy doesn't need to change. It's it's a phenomenal model if you take a big step back and think about it. The genesis of the podcast came from someone who had attended class who is very well known in the podcast world, not necessarily as a podcaster himself, but someone on the back end. He approached me one day and said, you and Lamb have got this great message and I've got a really good dynamic between the two of you. You really should get that message out to the world. You ought to do a podcast. I didn't know what he was talking about. And we finished up lunch and I came back and called Chris and said, you know what a podcast is? And he said, do I know what a what? (laughs) And that's how we started. And now we're whatever we are, number we're 86 into it. So. That is how we got to where we are today. Purpose of the podcast is not to teach you how to trade. It is not to teach you how to invest. It is not to teach you how to do. You'll find in, by the time you get to freedom, you will discover that maybe at most 5% of getting to freedom is how to do. And that's why we don't talk about it in the podcast. The vast overwhelming majority of your time and effort will be spent on how to think. And I say it's, you know, it's 95% to think how to think and 5% how to do. It realistically is probably more like 98 or 99% how to think and 1 or 2% how to do. When you first start off, everybody focuses on the rules, the mechanics, the cookbooks, the whatever that is that they need to get there. And if you only stay on that track, you're going to fail. You'll, you'll get very frustrated and you won't be able to figure it out. It all boils down to how to think, and then you apply the how to do within that. <clears throat> Any comments there, Mr. I didn't want to do the intro today? <laughs> no, so we'll, we'll spend our time talking about uh, more of the mindset and uh, why it's so important to have that, um, you know, be there for you as, as you learn how to do that part is really easy. And what you were talking in the uh, intro um, about real estate, it, it made me think about, you know, um, uh, the times that I have a conversation about the passive income and the <clears throat> time freedom. And if anybody who's arguing about real estate giving you the uh, time freedom is uh, is when it's because they haven't done it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, but I've never gotten anybody who uh, is investing in real estate uh, disagree with the things that we talked about. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm trying to think how I can work this in. Chris, I didn't tell you this. The, a big shout out to young Matthew. And uh, Matthew is, I think he's seven, maybe eight years old. But he was sitting with his dad over the weekend. And <laughs> something disagreed with them. And blah, he threw up all over dad's course manual, <laughs> which is not funny, but it is funny. It's like, oh, I'm going to throw up all over this course. And so dad called me later that evening and said, uh, can I buy another manual? <laughs> because my kid threw up all over it. I was like, yeah, no problem. We kind of laughed about it. I said, hey, I'll be sure and give Matthew a little shout out. So Matthew, it is not a big deal. It actually is pretty funny. Um, and just so you know, a, a manual is in the, in the mail and be with dad in the next day or two. So, oh, so he ate some bad, <clears throat> he must've got some bad pho. I'm not sure what he had, but yeah. something, <laughs> something disagreed did with he him. Have, did he have to take a COVID test? Oh, well, and that, and now speaking of, so let's see, are we going to do anything with a disclaimer tonight? Uh, you, you can't just throw it out of there anyways. <laughs> <clears throat> so just to be clear, um, Chris and I are not licensed. We are unemployed, haven't had a, haven't worked for somebody, and I guess I'm coming up on 20 years, and Chris, you're coming up on 10. And because of that, in order for us to give any kind of advice, financial advice or whatever, we're, we're, we should have a job, and we need to be licensed. Chris and I hold no licenses. We, <laughs> we hold no job. Uh, <laughs> we don't hold a hell of a lot. <clears throat> so... Anything that we talk about today, we're not going to tell you what to buy or sell. If it does sound like we're hinting towards that, we are not. 
if you still think maybe we are and you just, you know, like we're doing with a wink and a grin, it's like we are not. And if something that we say does make sense, not make sense, if it kind of resonates, like, oh, maybe I want to go do that. Go talk to somebody who is licensed. Talk to a financial advisor that carries a license. They can sit down with you and understand where you currently are financially, what your dreams and aspirations are, what your income is, what your expenses are, and different alternatives that you can use to try and get to wherever it is that you're trying to go. Chris and I have no insight on that for you. And by the rules of the SEC and FINRA and some other governing bodies that I can't think of, uh, we are not allowed to be dispensing any advice. So if something sounds like we're giving advice, we absolutely are not. This is meant to be educational, uh, informational, and hopefully a little bit humorous and comical as well. Yeah, half a percent entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. With a bunch of dad jokes, which I thought were actually pretty good, but I get comments like, yeah, you guys do dad jokes. I'm like, okay, Dads man. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what it is. <clears throat> so speaking of dads, one of us had the opportunity to take our, uh, our, our oldest child, which I guess, well, I won't even name name. Shit, just take it, Chris. So you got to weave around about, it. Uh, Matthew throwing up. Uh, so uh, my daughter had uh, an episode of the food poisoning. I think first ever. She's never had it before. And uh, so that was that happened on a Thursday night. And so you know Friday morning, I we decided to keep her home and uh, and then you know bring her back. She was you know perfectly fine uh, by Saturday morning and. And then I, uh, you know, brought her to school on Monday and, you know, got to stop by the office to tell them why she wasn't going, you know, she didn't, you know, she was absent on Friday. And she's in kindergarten. She's in kindergarten, okay. correct. This is not, yeah, she's not driving to school by herself yet. Yeah. And so, you know, take her to school and then get, you know, drop by the office and try to clear her absence. And they said, why, you know, why was she absent? Oh, she had a stomach ache, right? Uh, you get the 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 response was, did you get a COVID test? I said no, she had a stomachache. Oh, you got to get a COVID test. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I said, all right, then, then bring bring her back. It's like, and did you and say so what I, if I don't get a COVID test? Yeah, so I have two choices. If I uh, I can either get a COVID test or uh, I can quarantine her at home for ten days. Right? And what did you choose to do? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I decided to quarantine her at home for 10 days. Um, and I mean, you know, I have the luxury to be able to do that because we're, we're home. So and it's actually not an issue for me. It's actually it's a positive because before, uh, you know, just even before sending her to school and, and I started looking into the school system and seeing if, you know, am I going to get in trouble for not, you know, sending my you know, kid to school, <laughs> You know, as often as the school wanted me to, you know, or, or the, the, the law says I have to. And so I think I've asked you about that before, right? And how does it work? And, you know, are there any, you know, rules and restrictions and all that? And I find out, you know, they, they, they don't want you to, you know, keep your kid out of school for mm -hmm. a certain number of days or something like that. And uh, because I, I, you know, I, was, I always wanted her to have a little bit of time uh, with you know, home with us. And also if we wanted to travel, it makes it easy. Sure. And so, um, this situation, the COVID situation actually makes it a lot better because I can just pull it out anytime I want. Right. <laughs> and you know, if you just mention anything related to health, they're going to like, Hey, you should better get a COVID test. Otherwise quarantine for 10 days. So, um, you know, that was an easy choice for me. And, uh, you know, some parents are like, or some people might say, why don't you get a COVID test and you know, have her go to school? And to me, it's just like, uh, you know, I started looking into, I'm like, man, it's ridiculous. Who's mandating all these and uh, COVID tests? And I start thinking, well, let's follow the money to see why, you know, these laws and these policies are in place. Chris, stop right there. Hold that thought. Mm -hmm. For those of you that are listening, going, we're, we're not talking about a vaccine mandate. We're not talking about a mask mandate. We're talking about a COVID test, test mandate. Yep. Yeah. Like this is about a how to think. Take a big step back. This is this is not getting political on a mask. This is not getting political on whether or not um, 
you know, the kids should be vaccinated or not. Nothing to do with that. This is a <laughs> mandate on a COVID test. Okay, now keep going because I'd be sure people understood the difference. Yeah, yeah, it's a COVID test. And mm-hmm. uh, I just thought about it before, like even, you know, places uh, like uh, jobs and or, or uh, employers that they make them, you know, hey, uh, if you don't want to get a vaccine or something, you got to constantly be tested. And, yep. you know, even in the early, the early days of COVID, um, when those uh, are working at the healthcare facilities or hospitals, um, they were constantly, be, you know, having to be tested. Um, I don't know, weekly or whatever, but it was periodically. Um, and then, so you think about it, you know, uh, from that, you know, from last year till now, how many COVID tests have been given, you know, have, have been done? And who's making money off of this? And I said, you know, I don't care what medication, whatever that's out there. There's no way that any, you know, medical service is even close to what COVID, you know, tests are bringing in for mm-hmm. these uh, manufacturers. Oh, but Chris, they're free. We can go down the street and get them for free. There you go. There you go. And I so I get a text from the teacher saying, "Hey, you should give, give her a COVID test. It's it's free." <laughs> I didn't even want to reply to that. Yep. <laughs> like <clears throat> free. Who who makes them? It costs them something. Who's yep. paying for it? Somebody's paying for it. Well, we are paying for it. Yeah. We just don't have to write the direct check, but it is coming out of the government coffers that we all kick money toward. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's a little overblown and, and I didn't want to submit to, you know, the, the, these, these policies that are, uh, it's basically, it's, it's being driven, um, you know, by, uh, and you can't prove it, but you know what's going on if you follow the money, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's corrupt, you know, corruption. Yep. Um, it, it ends up in the hands of whoever owns, you know, or, or even get kickbacks, kickbacks, right? I don't think, Government is just going to make all these uh, uh, favorable uh, rules and laws to benefit all these you know, uh, uh, big pharma, mm-hmm. right? They're 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 getting something out of it. Yep. Um, and so yeah, it's 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 unnecessary to me. It's like it's hard for me to think of a uh, you know kind of a health or medical you know anything uh, that doesn't require you to go get a COVID test based on the school's policy, like. If, uh, if you have a stomach ache, huh? You have any discomfort in your stomach? You, you had the best line when we were first talking about this. Um, the, you said, all right, COVID test for school. <laughs> you said, if you really, if government and people, the, the, the response back, go, oh, but it protects everybody else, right? And government's in there to help all of us and protect us all. And you had the best line I've never heard anybody use. This is why I love you, man, because your brain just thinks a little different than others. And you said, well, if that's really the case, then they ought to mandate that we do a breathalyzer test at a bar. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just thought about it like, like there's there's so many situations where um, it's much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right? And you know it's against the law to drive, you know, above a certain alcohol level. Yep. But everybody who enters a bar or a restaurant and has a drink or, you know, many drinks or whatever, they're not being checked. They're just allowed to drive off. Yep. And go home. So where's the mandate to, uh, you know, have somebody take a uh, kind of a breathalyzer test or something, make sure they're safe before they go home because they did have a drink. Because <clears throat> look how many, ten- in all seriousness, look how many tens of thousands of people are killed every year. Yes. Because of drunk driving related stuff. A lot more. Yep. A lot more. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's not a moneymaker, you see? Well, not yet, but you just planted the idea in somebody's brain. Some of the, right? Yeah. You, be <clears throat> Disposable breathalyzer or something, right? Yeah. They'll, they'll either have that. And by the way, yeah. check the date. We're recording this on August, October 26th, mm-hmm. about 10 in the evening, Pacific time. You watch. There will be some, <laughs> some disposable breathalyzer tests. Yeah. That somebody got the idea from the podcast. If yeah. you do that, um, and if you're able to make that a go, I will do an ad for you on the podcast, but I'm going to charge you something for it. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be the one ad we would ever run. That would be pretty funny if someone did that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, when you think about, you know, following the money and, uh, you know, it's always, uh, it always, you know, gives you what, what, what the truth is. And, you know, uh, it reminded me of, uh, 
you know, somebody brought up, um, you know, when I was in Vietnam, um, that uh, the government there, you know, it's it's communism, and they tried to uh, implement a law that required every single person who's riding a moped. I mean, over there, it's predominantly mopeds that they're riding. Um, that they have to be registered to the moped that they're they're, they're they're driving. So if you and your wife wanted to ride on a single moped, you couldn't do it. You had to have an individual one. No, the driver, right? Oh, uh, not not the not the passenger, but the okay. driver. Got it. Yeah. All right. So you can't share it, basically. So your wife could not drive your moped. Correct. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And so it's like, what's the purpose behind that? Drive moped sales. Exactly. That's yep. what they were. You know, that's what they wanted to do, right? But they, I think they were trying to. They were trying to. Um, like put a front, you know, like uh, give a good reason or something why they're doing it there. I think they were saying something to have to do with, uh, uh, I think, uh, fraud or something uh, with, you know, make it harder to steal <laughs> How appropriate. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> How appropriate. Yeah, we're going to stop fraud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the communist government is trying to stop fraud. You know? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But, and so, and so when they did that, uh, so many people, you know, raised their voices on it because many, many people could not afford to do so, you know, and they, they can't each have, you know, have to own one. Right. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, they, they, they got quickly shut down. Um, and then, uh, that also made me, you know, uh, think about the, um, the, the helmet laws that they had. So they have to wear those, you know, safety helmets uh, for the mopeds that they ride on. Yep. And I remember, you know, I, I for me it was whatever, you know, like I'm over there and they, you know, take me for a ride. I'm, I'm not thinking, oh, I got to get a helmet. I'm just, I just hop on, I go with yep. them, right? Yep. They're like, oh no, no, you got to put a helmet. You're gonna put it. And they're like, I go, oh, how about the kids? No, 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 no the kids aren't required to. I'm like, what? <laughs> Because I'm thinking, oh, you know, okay, that makes sense. You guys are trying to protect the people, you know, and, and make them wear a helmet, right? But the kids no. don't have to. Yeah. When, when I hear the kids don't have to, it's like, man. You... Yep. <laughs> Somebody, so here, this, I mean, it's, you said it before, you know, there's the, a big a big awareness now on white privilege. So this would be communist privilege, mm -hmm. right? If you're in the in the, the very few number of haves in communism, then you have the privilege. And if you're in that group that is now selling motorcycle helmets, mm -hmm. right, then you get, all right, so you get every adult owns a motorcycle helmet. But that yeah. is funny. The, <laughs> it's not funny. It's sadly comical that the kids aren't required to have one. Yeah. Now, it, it is just the opposite here. I don't know if you've realized this yet or not. <clears throat> when your daughter's riding a bike, she's supposed to be wearing a helmet. Mm -hmm. You're aware of that, right? Yes. And so I don't know if that's a law or a rule law. I don't know what, whatever the rule is for that. But then as you get to be older, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, you're, you, you take the risk on yourself. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what they ought to do is make you wear a helmet at the bar. If you don't wear a breathalyzer, if you don't do a breathalyzer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a specific one, right? Yeah, exactly. So back on the COVID stuff, <clears throat> you had looked at Abbott earnings, right? Yeah. Abbott. So, yeah. So I, I got interested in, you know, how much money is being made on COVID tests. So just did a quick search and, uh, you know, one of the big uh, uh, manufacturers, uh, Abbott Labs, and uh, they reported first quarter earnings of the year. Uh, I think it was like uh, 10 Billion, 10 billion uh, something. In, in sales, yep. ten billion in sales, yep. and of that, uh, two point something uh, is uh, from COVID tests. Was it two point some or twenty five? No, two point two point two or something like something like that. Oh, two point two. Of, yeah, of the ten. So billion. almost twenty percent of the ten billion. Almost, yeah, like, like more than twenty percent came from COVID sales. More than twenty percent of their total sales came from COVID, COVID stuff. Wow. Stuff. Like COVID, uh, um, you know, tests. It's, <clears throat> yep. Yeah. So you think about it, it's like, you know, they, they got large, you know, uh, uh, like all these different products and services, not mm -hmm. just COVID, right? Correct. Yeah. But just COVID tests alone makes up 25% of their sales. 
That's amazing. So, and now they're not the only one. They're not the only one. But now, does that mean Cabot or Abbott is corrupt? No, not at all. No. But if you were to dig in a little bit, it'd be very interesting to see what the relationship that Abbott has with whatever government officials. Yeah. And you'd have to really dig to find it. But I can never, I hate the word guarantee, but I would be stunned if there isn't something somewhere. Yeah. It's there. And the healthcare industry loves it. You know? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's because just money pouring in. And uh, what does that do? Increase your insurance premiums and, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Yeah. Yep. Everybody's making money except for the, you know, for the people. Yeah. Well, but Chris, it's free to us. So it's okay. Yeah, it's free. Yeah. But, but now think about that too. So that's a, <clears throat> that's the teacher telling you that it's free, which mm-hmm. means he or she doesn't understand it ain't free. Yeah. And that is the person that is teaching your kid. And that is the other reason that you're okay keeping her out for a couple of weeks so that you can, I won't say re-educate, but educate properly. And then you end up having to scrub some of the stuff they learn every day or every week in school. Yeah. Or, or, uh, you know, if you, if you keep them out, you know, uh, enough, you 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 don't have them being brainwashed as much, right? Yes. Yep. Or or at least it prevents the brainwashing. <clears throat> and some of you go, uh, if a teacher's going, well, that's not right. That's da 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 da. I, I and I haven't pushed this one hard. I'm trying to figure out how I get the word out. I said it in an earlier podcast where I had the opportunity to go to a teachers meeting or a teacher teacher union meeting, and they had communist material all throughout that, and I was blown away like you got to be kidding me so anyway i had a couple people reach out to me and when i put that in one of the earlier podcasts saying are you are you kidding me was that really the case Mm -hmm. hand to god man that was (laughs) that's (laughs) it was right there and again 15 20 years ago is when i saw this and i'm sure a teacher's union rep would call me up and say it's not that way anymore and i would nod and then under my breath i'd be saying that's crap or if i if i were biden and i was awake i'd say that's a bunch of malarkey and then I'd go yeah. back to say I'd, I'd have another. Would we realize, Chris? You never see him on. Uh, what do you call it? On any type of speech type thing for more than about two minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. They only show little clips uh, of 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 him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're not going to see a length of five minute here talking or no. ten minutes or fifteen minutes. Well, he doesn't go that I mean, long. Yeah. <laughs> or or if he does, you know, they're they're gonna. He's, he's not he's not going to be able to do it with. <laughs> <laughs> with you, with uh, without confusing you. Yep. <clears throat> Which, yeah. yeah, is really sad, scary. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for him, but we're it is being driven by somebody behind the scenes. They've got that figurehead in there. Yeah. But, yeah, and people, I, man, I hope, I hope that people will eventually and quickly realize that and wake up, and not that our alternative is much better, but yeah, it, it'll be very, very interesting. What else did we have? Oh, oh so, when I was in the uh, when I was in the uh, the office the, or the school office, there was another parent that uh, I guess just you know um, was there to clear an absence, and so they she had to show a you know COVID test right for the daughter, mm-hmm. and uh, and then she was telling me she's like, hey, you better you better get an appointment, hurry up because it's 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 busy. <laughs> <laughs> she told me that. I'm, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'll but, be you know, right like, on that. A lot of parents, they don't, you know, they're 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 going to work, right? They're not planning for the kids to be home, so Correct. they're forced to. Um, okay, I got to get a COVID test, otherwise I, I can't keep my daughter home or my son home for ten days. Right? Now, for those of you that are new, I, you got to understand what he's saying. Chris and his wife both stay home with the kids, right? So he's got he, a five, six year old. He's been staying home with since day one, and now doing the same thing. They've got a newborn here. It's been coming up you know, six, eight months, ten months old, whatever he is. Um, but they're both home with kids. That's freedom. And yeah, that... we've been very blessed to uh, to be able to do that. And uh, you know, just uh, you know, I feel it for the the parents who um, you know have to go through that and not being able to be home uh, uh, mm-hmm. with the kids. But I'll go and not not to sound like a sales job, but they can do it. Yes, right. There is there is there definitely is, a way. There is definitely a way to do it. <clears throat> it does take work. It does take effort, but it is doable. It is definitely doable if that's what somebody wants to do. And so if you're hearing that and you say, well, I don't have any kids yet, but you think you might want to in the future, here becomes a reason for you to look to do it now. 
kind of, you know, grease the skids, if you will. So back on the COVID stuff and, you know, uh, Vietnam trying to drive moped sales and or helmet sales. If you think about it, what that really is, that's government intervention, stepping into the free market. Um, And a lot of times when you look at government intervention into, I won't even call it a free market, into a market, you look and they go, why are they doing that? And the the answer is always you follow the money. Um, And so Chris and I were talking about some, it, it cropped up in a number of discussions recently about what is going on with China. One of the things we've talked about for years is <clears throat> when you get into money management with your stock market assets, we've got a money management strategy that he and I both use that has a small bucket of money or some, uh, you basically have your money in four buckets and you can go, if you go on that website that we talked about earlier, you can go listen to it. There's about a five hour equivalent of about a five hour podcast there and you can listen to the beginnings of the class it's at no cost, no charge. There's no email address, anything. But in there, we talk about a money management strategy. And one of the buckets of money that we refer to is something, you know, it's almost like a Warren Buffett approach where you buy a couple handfuls worth of, uh, a couple handfuls of stock, different, you know, ballpark 12 companies that you plan on owning forever. And we stress in there, you do not want a company that is not headquartered in the U.S., so you want to have a U.S.-based company or have a U.S. headquarter, U.S.-based firm, and specifically do not have something you're going to own forever be a company that's based in China. And we've been saying that for years. And people go, yeah, but look at all the growth that China has. Look at this. Look at that. I go, yeah, I know, but you don't understand that you don't, you don't get a good window into the company. God knows. And, that's the, and, and, and that, that question about, hey, should I own a Chinese company it comes from, you know, people that we've already told that do not, right? They're still asking about yep, it, right? Yep. Yeah. And now within the last couple of months, they don't ask anymore. Now they can go, oh, that's why you were saying that. I see. And if you're not familiar, um, go do a little, go, go look up a company called Alibaba. The ticker on it is B-A-B-A. And think of them as the Chinese Amazon. Um, most of us have, are familiar with Alibaba. Founder on that, or one of the founders, a guy named Jack Ma, M-A. And he was uh, very, what's the right word, popular? But you'd see him out and about. I don't mean walking the streets, but he was always being shown on media, whatever else over yeah, the he, years. He was a celebrity. Yes. But right. you, you don't see him anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what happened to him. And so what you had was <clears throat> the company is, it's a Chinese Communist Party controlled company. And while you can buy shares on them in the U.S., if you look at what you own, you don't have voting rights for this company that you own shares in. You, you can't even see the financials. <laughs> and you, I was just going to say, and you don't see the financials. And if the financial, when the financials do come out, they're There's not no auditing. auditing, so you don't know, like, is this really what it is? You don't know. Yeah. Now, does that mean that the U.S. is perfect in our stock market stuff? Hell no. There's all kinds of shenanigans that go on in the U.S. But we're cleaner than anywhere else, by far. And when you compare the, <clears throat> the trustworthiness of the U.S. market versus the Chinese market, there is no comparison at all. <clears throat> and here's an example of. And then we had another one that cropped up. <laughs> it's, it's laughably shocking with a company called Didi. You want to talk on this one? You want me to tell? I'll let you take it. I'm tired of talking. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the first time I ever heard about it, I didn't know it was a, you know, a, a Chinese Uber. Mm-hmm. Right? And what's interesting, you know, uh, there, there's a Chinese everything <laughs> because they're gonna, they're, they won't let you go into their market and compete. They're just going to copy you. Yep. So there's a Chinese Google, there's a Chinese, you know, eBay, there's a Chinese yep. Amazon, there's a Chinese Uber, yep. whatever it may be, right? So it's but, Chamazon, Chuber, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Chibay. You know, yeah, you know, a Chinese Twitter, a yep. Chinese, you know, Facebook, yep. whatever you want, you know, they, they, they just make their own version. Um, and so when I heard the news of, oh, this uh, D 
Didi is come, you know, going public. I go, okay, what is this? So you read a little about it, and then literally, I think it was the next day, the very next day, the very next day, uh, it it got regulated. Wait, hold and, on, Chris. So when they went public, it went out for tens of billions of dollars. Yeah. And for those of you that may not understand the stock market, going public is basically the uh, giving Selling example. The- so Chris and I decided to start a lemonade company. And, you know, we were very small when we started off. We put a lemonade stand in front of his place. We put another one in front of my place. We live about 40 miles apart in L.A. And <clears throat> both our locations do well. And we decide, hey, let's expand. So we put another couple locations out there. And pretty soon there are more locations than he and I can manage. So we got to start hiring some employees. And then we realized if we want – and the business is booming. We, you know, he's got a – He's got a great lemon tree in his backyard that produces great lemons, and I've got a great secret recipe that we just put the two of them together, and it's worked out well. And now we want to open up more and more and more locations, but we don't have enough money and enough friends with money to invest in our business. So in order to grow, or maybe we do have enough friends, and the business is growing, 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 growing. But Chris and I now have millions, if not billions, of our net worth tied up in you know Chris and Chris Lemonade. And we decide to go public. And when we go public, what we do is we take a a bunch of the shares that he and I own and we sell it out to the public. With the, usually it's to, the standard line is that they're looking to raise capital for future growth. Sometimes they'll come out and say it's like the the original founders and the the original investors are looking to, um, I'm trying to think, there's a, there's a good financial term for it. I can't think of the word. It's not liquidate. Uh, it's basically to, to dilute their whole, not dilute. Um, to, it, what they're looking to do is they don't want to be so heavily invested just in one company. Whatever the... Diversify? Uh, maybe that's the right word. I can't think of the right word. But anyway, so they, the company decides to go public. And that's what Didi did. So they went out and they sold, I don't remember the number. You can go look it up online. Tens of billions of dollars worth of shares. Yeah, it was many billions. Yeah, let's say it's on a Monday. (laughs) 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 This is so effing wrong. It's not even funny. And so the next, what was it, that night maybe in in China or the next morning? News comes out. Chris, what did the news article say or the news headlines? Yes, uh, I think the Chinese... uh government is cracking down on them or something like that and uh <laughs> they're not going to allow chinese uber to, uh, yeah to, not allowed to uh, do it to add new member or new uh customers i guess yeah new not, locations not new drivers whatever download it yep yeah. which basically is saying okay remember the chinese government owns these companies right if yeah. chris and i were chinese we, but they don't disclose that they don't disclose but he and i we kind of own it but chinese government owns a big chunk of our company and so now we decide to go public. So the Chinese government collects a ton of money that, and we sell our shares to the public. Chris and I get money as well, which is cool. But then Who's that the night, yeah, and oh, it's great. That night they say, oh, no, we decided to change our mind. And the share price plummets because yeah. now they're not going to have nearly as many customers as they thought they were going to have yesterday. Yeah. But now two things come up. Who'd they sell the shares to? They didn't sell it to the population of China. No, they sold it to the U.S. Yep. Put in the U.S. market. Yep. Foreign holders. So you and I, as individuals in the U.S., we may have bought into that at the IPO. One of the things we talk about in the class, never buy the IPO. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of our (laughs) listeners have bought it, not personally bought it, but you probably bought it in your... 401ks. Yep. Any mutual <laughs> you know, funds that you got, you, funds, you yeah, owned it. Pension funds. Yep. And you just took a big hit on it. And your money went right to the Chinese Communist Party. And you don't know it. And now you... Yeah. And, and even those shares that uh, that get hit, uh, I, you know, I think I shared with you that uh, um, I, I was, I was uh, hearing uh, some people doing research into... Uh, these Chinese shares that uh, apparently trade here in the U.S., you know, they're like, dude, none of them are uh, actual shares that you know uh, of the of the actual business or the company that are in China. They're 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 registered elsewhere, mm-hmm. and they're like they're they're called the same name, but it's a fake. It's like they call it this, these are fake shares you're buying. 
um, they just have, you know, little rights or whatever to earnings or whatever, if it even paid dividends, you know. Um, but you you don't have any any voting rights. You don't have actual ownership of the company. And they can dissolve at any time. Well, two things come out of that, Chris. One, do you think maybe once they went public, do you think some regulator in the CCP somewhere said, hey, maybe maybe tonight we should think about you know, maybe regulating this thing. The answer is no. They've known about that for weeks, if not months, mm-hmm. that that was happening. Oh. And they just waited yeah, until it they, went public. But they didn't know that there was, you know, Didi was going to IPO. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> they didn't know that either. Yeah. <clears throat> and Founders then, didn't know that either. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is both of us being tongue-in-cheek if you can't see our winking at each other and saying that. The other thing is, crap, I just lost it. Ah, forgot where I was going with it. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I talked about these, 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 the, the, the money where, if you track the money, where is it flowing? Oh, yep. Right. The big point we're making on this, we're not saying if you want to trade Chinese shares, no problem. Right. You're going to own it for a couple of days, buy it, sell it. Cool. Own it for a couple hours, buy and sell it. Cool. Understand though, that in your, whatever that short term holding period is, the Chinese government can come out and do something that's going to whack your position, mm-hmm. and does, and so you got to be prepared for it. one of that's a huge reason, the reason why we've said forever, do not own a Chinese a China based company, in something that you want to own for a very very long time, have it be a US US based company, but now take a big step back from it as well. Does the US allow foreign ownership of our companies? So if I'm a if I'm a German citizen, can I buy shares in IBM? And the answer is yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a non-Chinese citizen, can I own a Chinese can I own shares in a Chinese company directly? And the answer is no. No way. Nope, cannot do it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I was saying that uh, you know even uh, a Google or an Amazon, you know. They have a hard time trying to get into the Chinese market. Yep. Let alone the Chinese is going to the Chinese government is going to let you own their businesses. Yep. No way. Right. They control it. They're not going to allow you to own it. You want to participate? We'll sell you these fake shares. Go ahead. Right. And they can easily be manipulated. And it's been you know the history of the stock market that you know stocks typically get manipulated. Uh, you know, let's let's push prices very very high, and then let's just dump it to the you know ignorant public. public. Yep. Yeah. And that has gone on since the dawn of time, mm-hmm. and it'll continue going on. <clears throat> and people, and you say, well, wait a minute, if that's going on, then why would you guys be excited about trading and investing in the stock market? And the answer is, it goes on in pockets, which is why you diversify, you spread your money across various areas, and you're going to get hit sometimes. It's going to happen. No problem. Even with that, it still returns better than any other thing out there. Yeah. And then with experience, right, you uh, you have tools to be able to mitigate those risks. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting. We were talking earlier about <clears throat> you've got in the last couple of months, the Chinese government clamped down on, for example, after-school tutoring industry. I don't know if that's the best way to say it. Um, yeah. Among other industries, and absolutely destroyed the market. You go look at um, stocks that are in that sector in the, uh, in the China-based or Chinese-based stocks, mm-hmm. and go look at their high stock price from a few months ago, and look at where it is today. Decimated. Yeah, some of them a tank like more than ninety percent. Say ninety plus percent down. So a stock that you might have might have been at a hundred dollars is now under ten, and in a very short time. But now, it's interesting. The SEC that I'm aware, I've not seen anything on it. They didn't come out and chase down anybody on this DD thing. Yeah, I've not seen them chase down anything on. Uh, China destroying the industries. But there's U.S. dollars that are in there. And so it's like, wait a minute. Why aren't they... 
what's their job, right? Yeah, their job is in in theory or you know claim to protect the investor. Yeah, but they're not doing it. That I'm aware of. Maybe something's going on in the back end just hadn't been made public yet. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm well, I don't credit I don't in case they're right. listening, Chris. I don't want them, you know, getting up in our underwear. <laughs> so I'm sure they're doing great. But it, it, it's really eye opening. That that yeah, I'm not sure if you remember the uh, there was the the Chinese Starbucks. Remember a few years ago? Oh yeah, um, there was a Chinese Starbucks that yep. uh, like reported all those fake financials. Uh huh. And hey, everything's doing well, going well. And it took some guy to actually go to China to 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 stand in front of their <laughs> stores and see. And they said there was no traffic. Yeah, there's nobody coming in and out. They, and, you yeah, didn't see that and, many and, stores being opened. Yep. And so you had this big fraud that was going on. And you're telling me that the uh, Chinese government didn't know about it? It mm-hmm. was big. It was not a small company. Nope. You know, they're saying, yeah, we're going to compete against Starbucks, <laughs> right? And then uh, it just basically kind of, you know, went away quietly. Yeah. Nobody talks about it. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if that was a U.S.-based company that did that. A WorldCom. An yeah. Enron. Yeah. Right? It'd be, it'd be written about in textbooks. Yeah. But here, and with something like that, it's not being talked about. Yeah. And you think... Like, like it was suppressed and, okay, it just went away. And, you know, about all the people that's got screwed over, you know, on it. Yep. Right? Yeah. And you think, why is that? Like, hmm. Remember my, my subtitle there was government intervention, follow the money. Somebody somewhere is, I'm wondering, maybe being paid to look the other way. Yeah. Don't know. But it does make you think. Yeah, and and you know, like you you were talking about the uh, SEC. Um, you know, if you're a Chinese company, uh, you're allowed to you know list here in the U.S. and not play by the same rules as you know U.S.-based companies are, uh, ha- or have to. Um, you know, financials don't have to be audited, <laughs> so you could put whatever numbers you want. I mean how easy it is to manipulate things and to cheat, right? Uh, but, you know, it's, it's honor system, you know, with the Chinese government, right? So it's like, why are we doing that? Why are we allowing that if we're trying to protect, in, you know, U.S. investors or investors? You know, follow the money. So what's our message there? We are not giving investment advice. However, if you're thinking of investing, again, if you're going to trade a Chinese stock, cool. Just understand, news can come out overnight Mm -hmm. that can whack your position. So if you're going to do so, strongly encourage you to talk to a licensed professional (laughs) that understands a little bit more than we do because we were unemployed. What else should we chatter about? Not sure. <laughs> I think that's good. I think we got them that's all. That's good. Yeah, I think we got it yeah. all. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it goes back to the the mindset that you have to have, and uh, hopefully we shared with you how to think about as you, uh, you know, you see, uh, you know, growth stocks or stocks that are hot in the market and, you know, really to kind of dig underneath and know what it is that you're buying and, and, and or selling or trading. Um, and you definitely have to have a strategy and a way to, protect yourself, you know, in these areas. So if you, uh, what we shared with you, if you were unaware before, now you're aware, right? And you should go and do more research. And, uh, you know, from a, uh, you know, Chris mentioned about money management from a long-term, you know, storage of, of money and, and, you know, owning some of these businesses. That's why we say to, you know, stick with the U.S.-based company, right? And, and you don't want to have that, you know, bad experience to be able to learn it that way. You also want to have a trading plan. So if you're going to buy ABC Chinese company, going to buy a or XYZ US based company, let's say but let's say it's hundred bucks a share, you ought to know before you buy when you're going to be getting out. So if it drops by a certain amount, drops to a certain spot at a price point, whatever it may be, have it identified in advance. So if that happens, you look and say, Oh, Something's going wrong. Let me go back to cash. And that will help you avoid a big, big downfall. 
Now, it's going to be emotional when you do that because there will be times where you'll say, all right, get in at 100, and if it drops to, you know, pick a number, 80, 90, whatever number you pick is fine. Hopefully with some intelligence. Don't just throw a dart at the wall and come up with something. <clears throat> but so you pick that point. It says, if price gets to this point, I'm gone. And now when it gets there, the voice in your head is going to be saying, oh, if I sell right now, it's going to reverse and head higher. And you're going to feel like a fool. And, and it may reverse and head higher. And you may feel like a fool. But if it continues down and it drops lower and lower and lower, you will definitely feel like a fool. But the one thing is, you will feel like a fool with money in your pocket is always the best choice to make. And you get the money in your pocket by taking the loss. And you'll feel brilliant by saying, hey, I laid out a plan and I followed it. And my yeah. plan worked and I can do it again. And I can go find another one. Do it again. Just follow your plan. Do it again. Follow your plan. Yeah, follow the plan and not... Uh, not your emotions. Not, not the money and the emotions and the money. Because And that disciplined approach is what will get you to freedom. Right? You just got to be sure your rules are correct. And there's places you can go find people have trading rules. You can you know, practice them out, prove them, and then just go start to execute against them. But it's the discipline that will get you to freedom. I think at that point we can drop the mic. Yes, sir. Cool. You want to do the out or you want to do the closing since you didn't get to do the opening? Uh, sure, I'll take an attempt. You you can you can you can say the phone number. <laughs> <laughs> so because he can never remember it. So if you have thoughts for us. <clears throat> either comments on this episode or thoughts on a future one. I think you, things you might like us to address or chat about, we'd love to hear it. You can reach us at um, 747-242-3224. And you go, wait, how am I going to remember that? It's real easy. <laughs> you jump on a 747 airplane, and in 24 hours, you can be at any beach in the world. And that is our phone number, 747-24-BEACH. If you need to hit, if you want to know what the real number is, hit that little rewind button on there. Take it back about 20 seconds. You can hear that. All right. Now it's your turn. All right. Well, and, and if you, uh, if you apply what everything that we talked about in this episode and prior episodes and the mindset that we share, uh, you too can get to time freedom and we signify time freedom by waves on the beach. We call them Tuesday waves because if you go to the beach on a Tuesday, the waves sound very different than the waves that you hear on a weekend. And with that, thank you for listening. That was good, man. You've never done one before. People are going to send me notes going, wow, you got him trained. He finally did it. As always, <laughs> thank you for listening. We'll speak to you next time. Take care. Say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye. Goodbye.